You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And I thought there would be more of us to celebrate this momentous occasion, but there is still man, the myth, the legend, Ginger Nick, and myself, your humble host, Pete Rogers, here to celebrate the 100th episode of RB1 Podcast. Ooh, Nick, how we feeling? Good, man. I didn't know it was a century mark. Oh, hell yeah, it's a century mark. Uh, we're going to pop some champagne and celebrate this, baby. Um, I'm quite impressed. I'm quite impressed that we have, uh, you know, have exceeded this, uh, seen the century mark. We've gone triple digits. Oh, we're now, it's downhill from here. We've peaked and then just straight plummet down to, till we're in our, you know, 300, episode 300. And we got to jump the shark in order to keep our uh, audience engaged. That's what they said after Brady won his fourth Super Bowl. All right, exactly. Once once you win your fourth Super Bowl, once you've reached the 100th episode, it's only downhill from there. It's not like we can piece together another Hall of Fame resume built on top of the Hall of Fame resume that we've had up until this point. Win another one. Uh, yeah, so uh, on the uh, onset of this podcast, we've got some news to get to. Most notably, we're going to talk about um, the conference championship games. We're going to go and we're going to try. I want to try a new thing. Wanted to give out, hand out an all fantasy team. You know, they do this all pro team and they do the NBA and football. So we'll do that. And then we'll talk a little bit Super Bowl prep, which Clark was the one who suggested this topic and uh, seems to be a little MIA. Uh, the working girl is too busily working to hop on the pod today, but Clark said he is available, but I don't know where he is right now. Um, but I wanted to put a, you know, disclaimer out to listenership. Uh, I, as you can't see, but as by my attire, am a Patriots fan. And I would hope that if you listen to any of the hundred episodes that we've recorded, you would know that uh, Nick is a used to be Patriots fan. He's now a uh, diehard 49ers fan, as we learned from last uh, last week's episode. But he still has a little bit of New England running through his veins. So we apologize if we are a little uh, a little too Patriots happy for all of you, uh, all you haters out there. So if you are not one who likes to sympathize with the New England Patriots, the plight of the Patriots, uh, then might I humbly suggest that you uh, listen to episode 101 when it comes out next week. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. We'll try to be as impartial as possible, but let's be honest, is that going to happen? Uh, very not. So, Unless Clark is able to join us on the podcast and give us a little bit of the uh, kind of other side of the aisle, this is what you're in for. So get ready for it, Pete. All pats all the time. All pats all the time. So we're going to start with some NFL news before we get into the other things on our docket. And obviously, the thing I think Nick, the first thing that we're going to start with, uh, because it's of course across all the news um, as it should be, was the in the Rams versus Saints game the no call defensive pass interference on Bradley Roby Coleman who just straight up tackled 
uh, I forget what the dude's name is, but Saints receiver. Do you remember his name? I don't, I don't remember who, who, uh, who was it. It wasn't Thomas. No, it was Keith number Kirkwood, 11. Ginn, um, uh, uh, Traquan Smith. Uh, no, I don't think it was Traquan Smith. I don't know, whoever it was. Um, I want to say Lewis was in his name. but um, Tommy Lee Lewis? There, that's who it is, Tommy Lee Lewis. Not to be confused with his um, uncle, Tommy Lee Jones, who is a famous actor um, and in such films as Men in Black, Men in Black 2, uh, also in No Country for Old Men, which is an excellent film. Uh, so anyways, by now I'm sure you've all seen this play, uh, and it's led to much controversy and much um, uh, bitter tears from Saints fans, which on the one hand I can understand. You got robbed from a chance to go to the Super Bowl, but then on the other hand it's like it wasn't like the play to win the game. There were opportunities afterwards to win the game. The game did go into overtime after that. So, you know, and you did win the coin flip in overtime. So, you know, maybe you should have won the game. But the biggest thing that's going to come out of this is it sounds like the NFL is going to figure out whether or not plays of this caliber, um, penalties, et cetera, can be reviewable. So, Nick, the first starting question is what do you think? Like, should PI, should these kind of big plays maybe within two minutes of the game should that stuff become reviewable is that a coaching call or is that just booth reviewed uh similar to every scoring play i don't have an issue with us using um like as much technology as we can to to make the game better um and i i think a lot of people are concerned with the pace of the game but um do you want this to happen i think this is a standout play because it's so egregious like you take like you uh you go to jupiter and you pull off whatever life form lives on jupiter that has no idea what football is and you show them this play they're like well that seems illegal uh like i i think this is a cold cut case i am all for uh reviewing penalties within the final two minutes of a game because the last thing you want is a game like this to be decided by a stupid call or no call I don't think that you should be able to review any play anywhere on the field at any time in a game. Maybe football is already long enough as it is. I mean, I think if we want to cut down time, we can load the commercials at the front or the back or something like yeah, that. So that's not going to happen because cutting down time by removing commercials is losing money for the NFL, which yeah. be, uh, Roger Goodell ain't going to do that. So here's another question, because this is I got in a very short, very short, and I commend this person for being a very short Twitter spat, but we had a little convo on the Twitter sphere. Uh, do you think, uh, because before we jumped onto the podcast, uh, Benjamin Watson, tight end for the Saints, tweeted out a basically a little thought piece to Roger Goodell being like, yo, Raj, why ain't you said anything yet? This is your job to speak to this. And so I was like, yeah, preach. Like, let's have Goodell, like, come out and actually say something. And this guy was like, why? Goodell didn't make the wrong call. It's not Goodell's fault. Goodell shouldn't come out and say anything. What's your feeling on the matter? Because my feeling is very strongly Goodell runs the entire NFL. Like, this is this is the same thing when, like, something happens and, in the country and Trump doesn't say anything. You know, Trump's quiet. Yeah, it's, little Twitter fingers are quiet. Uh, it's the same thing in this situation where it's like something went drastically wrong in the league that you control. It's on you as the head honcho big boy to be like, hey, we made the wrong call, but we apologize. We're going to do these things to make it better. Or even just acknowledging the play as opposed to just like hiding out in your little closet and uh, and not even reconcil- recognizing that something went wrong. 
So uh, I think the NFL is, well, okay. So uh, an answer to your question that you didn't ask, but I think the NFL is, I'm sure that they've asked him not to say anything until their legal team handles it. But my response to the guy being sued. (laughs) Yeah. um, But my response to the guy on Twitter would just be, what do you think he's paid to do? Right. Like this is his job. Literally his Um, job. uh, Yeah. I think his point was um, underthought. Well, I can like understand on the principle where it's like, oh, he didn't make the mistake. It's not his fault. But in the same way that like for a company that, you know, like you you hear this all the time where like a company, you know, their their social media team will send out a, a questionable tweet and then the company will come out and apologize for said questionable tweet or like, you know, bad P like PR will clean things up. And it just seems to me that like Goodell you need to start bringing out the broom and start cleaning things yeah. up. Are you in the are you in the thought process that 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 this <laughs> that as some people, uh, Michael Thomas in particular, have pointed out that Goodell does have the power to restart a game at any point, uh, give if if that game is decided by something that he seems as unfair or or not a not an actual conclusion to a game. Do you think that uh, that Goodell should do that that they should just be like, all right, Saints, you get the ball at the 10. And we got two minutes left in the fourth quarter. We're replaying this sucker to see who goes to the Super Bowl. That's a really good hot take answer. Hell yeah. Let's get weird. <laughs> uh, but do you, but like, I guess if you, did you watch the game? Uh, I watched, uh, I watched three quarters. <laughs> Did you choose the right three quarters, or did you turn off at the fourth quarter? And you're like, nah, this is boring. I, I went to this door. For the <laughs> fourth Classic. Um, yeah. I guess. Do you feel bad that the Rams won? Do you feel like the Rams snuck out with the win? I felt like they were the better team. And um, and even oh, yes. after, right? Like even they after were. the play happened, the Saints had plenty of opportunities to still win that game, and they didn't. So it's I'm like. I understand it's a terrible call and that things could go very differently. And like, and yes, at the bare minimum, at the bare level, that one play was called horribly. That is probably the worst call in sports history from a referee point that you had two referees staring at the exact same play and neither one of them was willing to call defensive pass interference. Despite the fact that Bradley Roby Coleman tackled the guy before the football even got to him. uh, I, I guess I don't, I still feel like, you still had opportunities to win the game. So go win the game. Like it sucks, but so I guess yeah, I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that. Um, I, I, so I agree with that. And I also want action to be taken by the NFL to at least, um, I shit. I mean, at least like placate me, right. Do something, you know, fire the ref and make it public. Right. Like, or, or crazy idea here. Uh, have refing be a full-time position. Yes, so that yes. you can better educate and like work with your referees so that they're not doing other things during the season. Like their job should be roughing this game if you're going to put that much weight on it. If not, by all means, let it be a fucking free for all. I don't care. Uh, well, I do because player health is important, but the NFL doesn't care. So, like, if you're going to have it ref, I don't understand why referees aren't a full time job. That, that, that they need a union. That's my point to me. Are NBA refs full-time? Is that a full-time gig? I have no idea. I don't know. I know. So my other 
major sport that I follow is, is MMA, well, MMA and boxing, but, um, they, they, they're paid horribly. They're paid yeah. like top guys are paid like $700 for like a, like a UFC pay-per-view event. Good God. They need to make a lot. I mean, you want someone paying attention when someone's getting choked out to make sure that you stop the, the fight at the right time. But uh, refs across all sports should just unionize if they haven't. Yeah. Well, so there you go, refs. There's your, uh, there's your rally cry from, from Ginger Nick is the union. <laughs> Happy to have you guys uh, on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We'll have all referees on the podcast to talk about whether or not unionizing will be a, a success or not. Um, I'd like to ask Ed Hockley uh, if I get his pharmacist's phone number. His pharmacist's phone number? Yeah, I want to get how many? How many drug tests did Ed Hockley's pass? Let me just <laughs> let's just let's throw that one out there as we're randomly <laughs> drug testing exactly. Eric Reed, who's coming out to like ball for Carolina. Let's see, uh, let's see how many drug tests Ed Hockley's passes. Uh, also, the other big controversy to come out of, and I say controversy in quotes because yes, that Saints Rams game, that DPI, that is a controversy. This next thing, you knew something had to come out of the Patriots Chiefs game because. Spoiler alert, the whole world hates the Patriots. Um, I guess now the NFL needs to change the overtime rules because it's unfair that the Chiefs didn't get the football. Um, are we kidding me right now? Because last time I checked, the Chiefs defense had Brady in three different third and longs, like third and ten to get them off the field, and they failed every single fucking time. So you can't come to me being like, Bob, it's not fair. Pat Mahomes didn't have the chance to get the football. You kidding me right now? Chiefs defense fucking failed you guys. Pat Mahomes had every chance to get the football back, and he didn't do it because the Chiefs didn't do it. That's on you. I think it was Mike Renner on on Twitter was talking about, like, I think that the overtime rules are fair but I think that we should change them just to make them more fun. Like let's get more possessions just cause I want to see more football. And I'm super down with that. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Give me, give me the college, give me the college uh, overtime rules where each offense starts with the ball at the 40, 40 yard line. They go score a touchdown. The other team hat starts at the 40 yard line and has a chance to reciprocate. That I'm all for. But don't come to me with this shit of how the coin flip is unfair and how, oh, my God, each team should have a chance to have a possession. Fucking have your defense step. That's the whole point of a defense is to get stops. Like, <laughs> get a stop. And the Chiefs had three different opportunities to get a stop, and they didn't on third and ten. Each time, Brady had to throw ten yards to get a stop. And then guess it's what? They Every single time. Like you can't come and complain about how the OT rules aren't fair when your defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with any of that. Clearly, I have no opinion on the matter. <laughs> I am very un- impartial and unbiased here. Um, you, uh, that one, that one, that one was flummoxing to me because I, I, I don't know what more you want. I don't know what more you want. Like, great. Brady goes down, scores a touchdown. Patriots offense goes, scores a touchdown. We're going to give it to Pat Mahomes, who goes and scores a touchdown. Give it to Brady, who goes and scores a touchdown. Like, I mean, if you want to do that, then let's do that, right? Let's let's, But let's call that for what it is. That's not a fairness thing. That's a lit, legit 100% pure entertainment. And, like, I think that my guy can do it too, which is great. I'm all for that. I would love to see Pat Mahomes. I mean, good God. I will say, watching this game, there are – Pat Mahomes is Steph Curry for the NFL. 
good. There's no player in the NFL that terrifies me more than Patrick Mahomes because he can not only break tackles and make plays out of the pocket, which there are a handful of other quarterbacks who could do that. Most notably, Aaron Rodgers is the guy who everyone points to. But Pat Mahomes, his arm can throw from any platform, any angle, a perfect 80-yard bomb. Dude, and some he, of his sidearm throws were insane. And, his, his, and the guy he's throwing to is Tyreek Hill, who's the fastest human in the NFL. Like, every single time I was certain there was a guy who I was watching the game with, every time, every time they went back to pass, I was like, this is it. Like, I knew, I knew at some point. I was amazed that this didn't happen, but I was certain Tyreek Hill – Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill were going to score at least a 50-yard touchdown at some point. It was just an inevitability. They've done it every single year. Like, in 30 seconds, suddenly now they're up five or, you know, up a touchdown because Pat Mahomes just makes a miraculous play and throws it. So, anyways, my point being is that Patrick Mahomes, I would watch the crap out of Patrick Mahomes. He was terrifying to watch and root against because he's incredible, because he's Steph Curry and could pull shit out of his ass that you just didn't even think was humanly possible. But... Don't pretend to me that the overtime rule is unfair and that's why it needs changing. You, I will bet you, I will bet you anything you are worth, Nicholas, and I know that I'm preaching to the choir right now as an ex-Patriots fan, but if the Patriots had lost in overtime because the Chiefs had won the flip and the Chiefs had gone down to score a touchdown, would this be a story? <laughs> it wouldn't. I think this, no, the story would just be how... Uh, the story how would be how Patrick Mahomes like, put it on his home. shoulders led the t- offense down and scored a touchdown because that's what you have to do to win in overtime. You score a touchdown. You don't settle for a field goal because the other team has a chance to win. The story wouldn't be like, well, maybe the overtime rules need a different look at because they seem mildly unfair. I think if you if you didn't have a problem with the, uh, the rules before this game, you're probably screaming for the wrong reasons. Well said, Nicholas. Well said. So I do think that – did we want to talk Super Bowl preview? Do we want to save that for next week? Super Bowl figures, previews, what? Preview. Oh, we're gonna, we'll talk about that next week. But we could talk mm-hmm. – I mean, what's, what's do you have like something that's tickling your well, tongue right now? I, yeah, it's just – they shut Tyreek Hill down. They allowed one catch for 42 yards. And Belichick is so good at just going, okay, who's the guy we have to eliminate? We're going to eliminate him. And like Lombardi likes to say, Belichick wants to make you play left-handed. And he does that by just erasing your top dog. If Patrick Mahomes couldn't do that, if he couldn't win with Belichick doing that, I have a tough time seeing Goff succeeding there. So what I will say, I agree with you 100%. But what I will say is two things. One, uh, I it might sound crazy, but I think I trust Sean McVay's creativity a little bit more than Andy Reid's. I understand the the idea of that, yeah. And then the other thing is, is that if the Rams have a healthy Todd Gurley, that's huge. Or or a functioning a Todd Gurley we saw during the season, that's huge. Like the Chiefs' offense didn't have a run game. Like well, Damian Williams wasn't. They weren't running the football. And so the the defense was able to kind of sell out on the pass. And what they did is they kind of constantly brought pressure, right? And they were pressing receivers at the line. And all they did, they were single high safety. And Devin McCourty, all he did was just shadow Tyree. And that's why Sammy Watkins had a big game because he was able to beat Stephon Gilmore on a couple of plays. And I think they're going to do that same strategy. But if Todd Gurley can get going, if the run game can start getting established, then you can't have – 
I don't think you can be as you can't bring as much pressure. It slows down that pass rush. It slows down. I mean, they were getting after Mahomes. So here's the thing. Um, I think that their goal is going to be to shut down Robert Woods. And luckily, Belichick has already coached Brandon Cooks. He's going to know what he needs to do to neutralize him too. And I'm I and I say that thinking that he can likely scheme a way to do that with single coverage or some sort of handoff to the safety where really only one guy ever has to uh, guard him, which leaves Todd Gurley. And I kind of think that's fine because even if he comes close to Damian Williams, 96 total yard, three touchdown performance, which he maybe can, the Pats are going to be scoring a lot on the Rams. And if, if what you're doing is like pounding the pounding the rocks, not going to win. He's a great receiver out of the back. I did see something that was like, man, that Todd Gurley's no James White. Um, he is a great receiver out of the backfield, but still, if if it's going to come down to can Todd Gurley win the game for them? No, I don't think that the that the running back is going to be able to make a a large enough difference. Uh, if if they're successfully shutting down Robert Woods and are handling Cooks the way I think that they will, I kind of think Belichick's going to go fine get your run game going. We're just going to keep scoring points through the air and, and try and catch up in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand that. I think the, the Rams defense, and then we'll move on. We'll move on to our all fantasy yeah. team, but the Rams defense is a lot better than the chiefs defense. And I think the biggest thing that they have is Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, who both are already playing at high levels and do the one thing that destroys any quarterback in any passing game, which is get pressure up the middle which is Brady's Achilles heel. And I think that's going to also shut down the ground game, which the Patriots relied upon to just chew up that entire first half in order to keep it a 14, nothing lead. Like if the Patriots didn't have that 14 point cushion, they lost that that's, game. Yeah, that's fair. But I, I think, I mean, James white, I I'm willing to bet James white and Sony are on the, on the field at the same time. A bunch I mean, this I'm also, I'm also trying to, be as much of a devil's advocate here as humanly possible because last year I got you. when the Patriots went to play against the Eagles, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. We're playing Nick Foles, really? Like, come on, come on. I got this you. Is, come on, we're going to win this game. So this time I'm trying to go into it being like, well, the Rams are a very good team. They're very well coached and uh, they got a lot of good players. And I think the thing, the biggest thing is, and we saw it in that Chiefs-Rams game, the Rams have difference makers on defense who make big plays when it matters. And that's exactly how the Patriots lost the Super Bowl last year. Was okay. The Eagles had def- defensive playmakers when it mattered. So we'll see. We'll see. Also, the catch rule got called completely differently in the Super Bowl than it had the season prior. So, you know, who am I to uh, be bitter about that? So I've had that discussion before. Yeah, we've never had that before. <laughs> Let's get into our all fantasy team. And the thought behind this is I know it's kind of a little, a little bit late, but just kind of discussing who our top players at each position are. Uh, so we're going to do QB, RB1, RB2, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, tight end one, flex, DST, and kicker. And we'll start with the quarterback. And obviously, I think I don't think this is going to be too much of a debate because all fantasy team for quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, correct? So I, I tried to go a little bit outside the box because I thought we were going to have all four of us here. And I made this one more of a Nick-centric question. Of course it is. Nick chose Jimmy Grappolo because it's his favorite quarterback. Now that he's a 49ers fan. I went with Andrew Luck. Um, I had a league where uh, where I was able to pick him up off waivers after week one. 
And there were, including myself, I was terrified of his shoulder. And and Frank Reich really effectively schemed him into, you know, what was it, five yards per catch or something like that or per completion. Um, he he schemed the offense in a way that Luck could uh, slowly acclimate his arm to an NFL season again. And uh, the guy, uh, that guy was a stud. You, you go look at his box stores. It, for, for the most part, like 10 weeks, his touchdown totals were just alternating between yeah. three and four. Like he was a monster. And I, I personally had, had, uh, had, had basically written him off this year. I, I didn't think his shoulder was going to heal. So this is sort of a apology to Andrew Luck. You were my MVP. Okay. Equinox. This is this is going to like everyone's gonna hit you up on Twitter at ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K and being like, really, really, really. Patrick Mahomes was averaging twenty six points per game that if you played him and he's not your QBE all fantasy team. Come on, at me guys. Come on. Um, okay, well that's I don't need to defend my pick because my pick's the obvious one. So we'll go to RB one. Nick, who did you? Who's your RB one on your all fantasy team this year? James Conner. James Conner is your RB1 for all fantasy team. Yeah. Tell me why. Because uh his his relative for where you got him in the draft and So I, you're I, you're you're very much playing up the value here. Yeah. You're building, yeah. You're building a value all fantasy team. I no, I, I totally am. Uh I, you know, he was he was going in in like Weeks, I think one through three of the preseason, the guy was going undrafted or selected in like the thirteenth round. I'm looking up his his uh, his finish where he ended up uh, being where his what his ADP was um, by the end of draft season right now, and it was Jesus. He was, I mean, he finished draft season as the, as the running back fifty eight off the board, and the guy was he was he was an RB one. That value, if, if you were able to add him to your team, you're running with another running back one, and and that's statistically the largest difference maker um, in fantasy. So yeah, perhaps I'm uh, have to pull back the curtain here. All of my picks are going to be pretty similar to this style of, of logic. So who would you go with me? I did my RB one. I wanted. I thought I was going to be the daring one here and the one that was causing controversy, but clearly not. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is my RB one for this year. No back scored that. more points than him from week five onwards in standard, and he was the best back down the stretch from week twelve to week sixteen. So it's just like, and he, you know, he finished. I think the number two back in standard behind Todd Gurley. But to me, is just that's. I want my points to come. I understand beginning of the season is always nice, but I want my points to come in the playoffs and leading up to the playoffs. Christian McCaffrey 100% did that for you. So I'm all over him. And he was a boss in PPR. Plus the guy, I, I want to give him some accolades. Yeah, I like it. Boom. Who's your RB2? Philip Lindsay. Okay, he another, finished, another value. Yum, yum, I yum, mean, yum, he yum. finishes as the, uh, as the running back 12, and his ADP was the running back 93. He's another guy. If you added him... Decent, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If you add, if you drafted him or, or were able to get him undrafted, there's a pretty good shot you ended up going to the playoffs. I mean, that is... He, he wasn't an RB1. Uh, you know, the first few weeks, I think he was, like, averaging RB15, but finishing as the RB12. Again, that's a running back one in the 10th round 
that's awesome. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, my RB2 was uh, I picked Saquon Barkley. Got to give him props for the season that he put together. He was second in total scoring, and he finished all 15 games, uh, not including Week 17, because you should not be having a fantasy game on Week 17 because it's stupid. Uh, so I, I'm adding adding this uh, all-fantasy team honors to go along with his inevitable rookie of the year, uh, offensive rookie of the year that he's pretty much bound to win. But I thought that that was I thought that clear pick. You're not giving uh... – Offensive rookie of the year to Josh Allen. Josh Allen, the Josh Allen. No, I am not going to give it to Josh Allen. I hope there is no actual people out there who are considering giving offensive <laughs> rookie of the year to Josh Allen. I, I think you should get it. So, um, no, I'm, just, I'm just messing with you because unacceptable. Like this unacceptable. This is why. This is why you have no MVP voting rights, Nicholas. <laughs> Uh, should we move on to receivers? Yeah, wide receiver one. My wide receiver one, Devontae Adams. Second in standard, first in PPR. And he's someone who everyone was kind of – you were you were either high on him or you were kind of like lukewarm on him. But no one was high enough on him that he was going as the number one receiver, right? Like I think you could comfortably say that Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, maybe even Tyreek Hill, um, kind of that collection of the big names, uh, and Odell Beckham, Julio Jones – those guys were all going above Devontae Adams, I would say, uh, with some confidence. Yes. He was the uh, receiver six. Boom. There you board. go. And he straight balled. Uh, he was yep. he was a monster this season. And and you saw and you saw and my my opinion was has been slightly marred on him because living with Becca, who's when Devontae Adams first started off with the Packers, was very notorious for dropping the ball a lot, which there's very yep. few things in this world that upset. Uh, my wife more than dropped balls. <laughs> so, uh, and, uh, but he wasn't doing that this year. And now he's, and now he's arguably the best wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers uh, in football. He, so he is also my wide receiver one. And nice. I think he probably will be my wide receiver one uh, in, in my rankings next year. Who do you have? And I only asked this because my wide receiver too. I had Antonio Brown there, but now since you've been doing this little like, well, I want to consider value, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to put Tyree Kill as my wide receiver too instead because sure. I think Tyree Kill was uh, maybe not better than Antonio Brown, but he was cheaper. But so my question, yeah. to you, my question to you is: is who like who do you trust more going into next year, Devonte Adams or Tyree Kill, who does a little Devontae bit of everything? Adams. You Devontae Adams. Adams. I mean, I would I mean, too. I, I owned him in in one of my standard scoring leagues. I I got him pretty cheap. I have him keeper, so I'm super stoked. Um, I don't think he had a single digit fantasy game. Like he was double digits no, every single week. His ceiling is not Tyreek Hills, but like if if your low point is getting me like 12 points in standard scoring, like yeah, I'm going to complain about that. Yeah, give, oh, no. get, I will not lose a a matchup because of that. No. Who is your wide receiver too? Robert Woods. That's fair. Finished standard scoring as the uh, wide receiver 10, was drafted as the wide receiver 32. I wouldn't be surprised. They'll probably have seen it, so they probably won't do it. But I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the Stefan Gilmore treatment. I think that's... Yes, I think he should too. I think that's Belichick's move, is to, is to put Stefan Gilmore on uh, on Robert Woods and see what happens. Uh, tight end one. Can I guess who your tight end is? Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's your favorite player in the NFL, George Kittle. Time. Yep. 
It has to be. There's there's no yeah. one. Not only do you love your value picks, but you also love them 49ers. Hell yeah. Finished as a tight end two, drafted as a tight end 13. Can't say no to that. No. No, you really can't. Uh, I, you? I had Travis Kelsey just because, yeah, he was your, <laughs> possibly your Jeez. first first tight end, but he lived up to it. I I am not I'm not trying to pretend like these were some sneaky all fantasy team. Hey, he earned the honor of being the best tight end in fantasy football and thus he should be on your all fantasy team. I just, you know, call me a traditionalist for awarding <laughs> the best at the position. Who's your flex? James White. Oh, of course. God, I love it. RB RB11 drafted as the RB42. I uh <laughs> Uh, I had Todd Gurley as my flex because I was like, I kind of need to give Todd <laughs> Gurley Todd Gurley something because I was like, nah. and I also did not treat the flex spot as like, well, this is someone that you could have picked up sneakily. I treated it I treated Todd Gurley. Yeah, okay, maybe I'll throw him as an honorable mention. All right, then if we're saying flex spot, Nick Chubb, gotta be, gotta be the boy, Nick cool. Chubb. Gotta Love be it. The boy. Playing to your rules of he could have you could have gotten him as an as a legit flex and he played up as an RB level. I was just treating the flex spot as like, well, Todd Gurley did give you the best running back performance, <laughs> but he also kind of died turned the second half, so I was punishing him by putting him as a flex instead of an okay. RB. So there you go. Um, gotcha. Best best defense, it's got to be the Bears. Yes, I have the Bears. You can't um, you can't play with me about value on defense since no one's picking a defense anywhere high. And so and even then no one maybe picked the Bears defense that high, but the Bears defense got you just a shit ton of points. So they were the thirteenth defense taken. So they weren't even people had circled back around and were taking an extra defense when they were selected. There you go. That's all you need to know. Yeah. That is that is an all fantasy team member right there. And then who's your kicker? Uh, Kaimi Fairburn. Oh! He, was the, he was the kicker 25 in ADP and the kicker one at the end of the year. Do you mean uh, John Christian? Kaimi Ulu Amika Ki Okekuumpa Fairburn? Rename the podcast. That's our, our Twitter handle. That's our Twitter handle. His full name, which I butchered. And I almost, I almost, I have, <laughs> I have cousins who are Hawaiian who's whose last name is also just like i think it's like 35 consonants or something like that it's preposterous uh i was going to ask them for how to pronounce this but then i figured there's no way i was going to even be able to repeat it even if i heard it so i did my best i apologize kai good job thanks thanks yeah he is also the pick he's welcome to the all fantasy uh all fantasy team 2019 john christian fairbairn because we're gonna call you by your good Christian name. That's such yeah. a I hate to say this, but that's such like a, a like a white person thing to be like, your name is unpronounceable. We're gonna name you John Christian. <laughs> that way everyone can say what your name is. It's like, oh, pitiful. Um, awesome. So there you go. There's our 2019 all fantasy team because I know this is the kind of thing that everyone looks out for and uh and waits for with uh reckless, not reckless abandonment, with eagerness. So there you go. You're welcome, everyone. These are bigger awards than the MVP that will be handed out the night before the Super Bowl. We probably should have saved this till then, but I will go out on a limb and say Patrick Mahomes doesn't listen to this podcast, so he'll know it when it's announced on uh, Saturday. Finally, let's wrap up with a little Super Bowl prep. We we previewed 
the Super Bowl. But I think and and Clark, this was Clark's idea, despite the fact that he's not here right now because he bailed on us. Like, you know, come on, Clark. Um, what's your Super Bowl plan? Do you have a tradition or are you kind of winging it this year? I so I'm undecided right now. Um, last year I attended a party, a watch party of 30 or 40 people. Um, it was the title "Fuck the Patriots," okay. and being the only Patriots fan, um, I there was a lot of yelling. Yeah, you're not gonna. Are so, you gonna go to? Are you gonna go to this year, which is two fuck two Patriots? Yeah. I will actually suggest that to them. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to try to do it again this year because last year it was just like, all right, guys, I get it. Um, I uh, yeah, I might just uh, grab the dog and saddle up on the couch. Look at you, Nicholas. Look at you. This is the one yeah. issue with all of us not being in the same location because then I know, maybe I'll fly to your place. Yeah, there you go. Because then, spoiler alert, our dear listeners, well, we could have hosted some sort of cool, uh, come sit with us on the couch and uh, watch <laughs> Pete and uh, and half of Nicholas become very excited the Patriots win and or lose. I just want a really good game. Yeah, that's that's all I want. Yeah. I mean, I do want the Patriots to win, don't get me wrong, but if the Patriots lose, I like everyone on the Rams. I don't hate the Rams. I, the, okay, so living in the Pacific Northwest, if the Pats win, there will be a lot of anger. If the Rams win, it'll be just kind of like a general bummer because half the people turn on the Rams because it's I mean, do the, the Rams even have West. a fan base to celebrate? Like this is the classic. Oh, yeah, here's, here's my if if the Rams if the Rams win a Super Bowl, do they have a fan base to care? It's like the it's like the tree in the woods. Yeah, I was just yeah. If there's no one to hear the tree fall, does it fall or whatever? Does it make a sound? There's no fans to celebrate the Super Bowl, the Rams winning Super Bowl. Did they really win the Super Bowl? I don't know. Just asking. Asking for a friend. We will definitely get more Sean McVay Gardner jokes. <laughs> well, it'll be the guy, the coach, whose single job is to pull him out of the way from the referees so they don't get yeah. a penalty. That guy's getting the head coaching job. You know it, baby. I like that. That is some elite shit right there. I just you have to know that the Patriots are going to win. And Clark called this at the beginning of the playoff playoffs, especially since the Red Sox beat LA to win this World Series this year. You know the Patriots are gonna beat LA again to win the Super Bowl. You just That's a great point. You know it. Either that or it's when you flip. But I will say, and then we can and then and then I uh, if we have nothing else to talk about, we can be done because right now I'm just gonna ramble. But I am excited that Brandon Cooks gets double revenge games back to back. That makes double me revenge. so happy. I'm very pleased at that notion. He got the revenge last week against the Saints. The question is, will he get the revenges next week against the Patriots? If you were a betting man and you would put money down on anything crazy, what is what artist do you think has the greatest chance of making a random guest appearance at the halftime show? Is Bruno Mars booked for it? <laughs> no, he's not. He'll be hit at him. <laughs> Isn't he in like every Bruno Mars, Super Bowl show? Bruno Mars is just like is like on call for the NFL for the Super I don't Bowl. Get it. Yeah, what is they're just like, they're like Bruno? He's like what? And they're like eh, you gotta jump up on stage right now. I said, God damn it! I never should have signed my life away to the NFL. I'm Peter Gene Hernandez. Who's that? That's Bruno Mars. That's his real Peter name. Gene Peter Gene Hernandez. Peter Gene. Peter Gene. Like my name plus Gene. Peter Gene Hernandez. I don't know. I just I knew. Is that like Billy Jean's brother? Bruno. I, did like did like did like Michael Jackson sing a song about Billy Jean, Peter Jean? 
Billy Jean is not my brother. Billy Jean. Peter Jean is not my brother. Um, I am still holding out hope that Outcast has a reunion. It's not going to happen, but I'm holding out hope that that the who Outcast has a reunion. That would be uh, that would make up for Maroon Five playing the halftime show. Is if honestly if Andre and Big Boy can put aside their differences, which I don't think they can, sadly. But if they put us put aside their differences and they play even just like two songs, I'm all for it. I'm a, I will watch the halftime show and I will tolerate Maroon Five. I just don't. Oh God damn it! I just don't care. I I I don't remember the last time that I watched a halftime show. Wasn't when Maroon Five was playing. I tell you that much. NFL <laughs> definitely picking the right band to get us all tuned in. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, some good chatter. Some uh, you know. I, I appreciate everyone who listened and stuck around to uh, let me vent my frustrations with the uh, with this new push to change the overtime rules because. To be perfectly honest, I don't think they're broken, and no one else would think they're broken if it hadn't led to the Patriots winning and making their way to a Super Bowl, but alas, alas. Um, but I am all for making it more exciting, and if you want to do college rules, then let's do college rules. I don't care. All in all, successful. and it's episode 100, so what up? Yeah, pop that champagne! Century uh, pod. Uh, we'll be back next week to preview the whole Super Bowl. We'll go much more in depth. Hopefully, we'll have a full crew of guys uh, to talk, and we'll be probably back on our Wednesday schedule. The only reason we are off this one, I can quickly say, uh, I was in LA for the weekend for a frisbee tournament on the beach, which was beautiful, gorgeous weather. And then we made a mistake of having a connection flight Monday in O'Hare, which is a shit show and a hellhole and the worst airport on the face of this God green earth. And we were stuck there for two nights. And so we just got home yesterday, uh, which was exciting. And, uh, and Becca will never, ever, set foot in Chicago ever again. So <laughs> sucks to be all of you, Windy City. Uh, but anyways, so that's why we that's why we were coming to you with a Friday episode this week. But we had to get you something. Uh, and you tolerated both Nick and I supporting the Patriots. So we give you a round of applause for that. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes. Give us five stars. Leave us a nice review. Tell us you love us. Uh, uh, follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Peter Rogers. Follow Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. Uh, you can comment on all of his terrible takes, including the fact that Todd Gurley is nowhere near his flex in his all-fantasy team. I mean, Todd Gurley is the best player talking about uh we'll be back at you guys next week and uh, <laughs> peace.